When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, June 30th. You're almost halfway done with the year. I cannot believe it. I never have felt like a time has moved so slowly and so quickly in the same period. It's just, it's crazy to me. But here we are, last day of the quarter, and now we're halfway done with the year, and you're gonna, probably going to get inundated with a lot of investment statements and retirement plan statements. So it's a fantastic time for you to take stock of where you are. And we would love to help you out if you need some, maybe some second opinions, third opinions. Mark and I are both certified financial planners. And in order to help you out, all we need to do is get a question from you. So here's what you think about. What do I need help with? What's bugging me in my financial life? Let me put that out there. Let me put it down in an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Jill and Mark will help me out and maybe think about it a little bit differently. And maybe discussing it in real time would even be better. So if you want to come on the program with us, let us know. That is what Lois did. She is on the line from the Lone Star State of Texas. Hello, Lois. Welcome to the program. What can we do for you? Hello, Jill. Thank you so much. It's so good to chat with you. And I know that if anyone could help me answer this question, it's you. I am a single mother of one fabulous nine-year-old daughter, and and I'm maybe on paper successful. You know, everybody can look introspectively and say another thing, but um, you know, I make in the low two hundreds from a salary perspective. I have a decent little investment portfolio, but I wonder: is there more that I could be doing? You know, I work with so many colleagues who get these investment opportunities coming to them. And mm. I haven't found those opportunities coming my way. And I wonder if there's more, whether it's through, you know, my own self-funded investment accounts, whether it's through third party, you hear about these websites that help you find companies to invest in. What is out there for people like me who may not be the savviest when it comes to financial planning, but I'm really eager to learn more. And I've, I've taken that very seriously over the course of the past 18 months. Well, I love this, by the way. This is a great question. So first, let's do some of your, like, where you stand right now, single mom Lois. How old are you? I'm 47, just turned Why did you say it with that low voice? <laughs> What's going on with you? I'm just kidding. I've, I've had a little self-deprecation about that age for quite some time. <laughs> okay. You know what's so funny? Yeah. I mean, I think maybe... I must have been five years. So I'm 55. And five years ago, I said something to my agent about, oh, you know what? 
if, as a 50 year old, he goes, don't ever tell anybody your age. I said to the agent, I'm like, are you a moron? There's something called the internet. Everyone knows how old I am. <laughs> right. You know, like, don't be ridiculous. And he's like, oh, that's true. He goes, we used to not want to tell women in broadcasting to tell their age. And so I was like, you know what? I got to own it. I can't. I can't. And let me just say one other thing. Every decade gets better. Every decade gets better. So you're in the FU 40s, which is the fabulous. It's fantastic. It's like you don't, that's when you're like, oh, I don't really care what anyone thinks. There is something to that. There is something to that, which gave me the, which gave me the confidence to do this with you today. See that? We're like kindred spirits. Okay. And you're a youngster. Okay. So you make in the low 200s, you got the nine-year-old daughter. Tell me about how your cash flow looks right now. How much money are you putting into retirement right now? So I max out my 401k every single month. Um, I don't have a lot of expenses. I have a mortgage. I pay a little bit extra. Um, it's, my mortgage is about $2,500 a month. Uh, pay my property taxes once a year. I don't have any other debt. Other than that, I lease a car for about 500 bucks a month. And then I put an additional $1,000 into an account with Edward Jones, for example. And I use someone to help me allocate those those resources into different funds and ETFs. Mm-hmm. And then I put some money in savings and, and I put a lot of money in savings in the past and I'm sitting on what I feel like is an emergency savings account, but could be a little bit too much cash that's just not doing enough for me. How so much is in there? It's 183000 That's just in the, the cash account that I have on hand right now. What's your burn rate? Like how much a month do you really spend? Anywhere, it depends on how much shopping I do, not going to lie, or travel. And now that mm-hmm. things have opened up, I've started traveling. Between seven and 10 a month, I would say. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I'm never yeah. negative. I'll put it that way. I'm never negative every month. How much is the house worth? It's about 750000 according to a recent appraisal. And you're going to stay where you are, right? No, I'm actually looking to either, I'm going to stay in my neighborhood and housing mm-hmm. prices have just escalated right now. We're in a very good school district. Uh, I'm either going to look to sell it or to lease it out to try and generate a little bit of cash flow from a rental perspective and take the depreciation on the home. Oh, look at you. How much is the outstanding mortgage balance? Four ninety, I believe. And what's the interest rate on the mortgage? Three something, three seven. I, I had a divorce, which impacted this. It was very depressing. Bastard. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. It was, just, it was awful. It reminds me of there's this old card that my sister ran across that we were laughing so hard because we got to it for a friend of ours. And it said, there are two sides to the divorce. And on the front cover, it says yours. And you open it up and it says the a-holes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, 3.7 is actually kind of yeah. Expensive now, but yeah. if you're going to sell it, then we're not doing anything with it. And frankly, if you're going to use it as a rental property, that would change the dynamic mm-hmm. of what you would do with it. How much would you have to pay to get into a house that you'd want to buy? Very close to a million, 1.1 in, in my in my market. We are just at such a big bubble right now. I'm looking to stay under a million, but if I'm, I'm looking to do that, that's going to be very tough. Are you only considering selling simply because you want rental property or do you want to actually, do you need a different house? I think a, a different property would suit our needs a little bit better. I bought this while I was going through a divorce and um, I think a, a different a different property would definitely serve us better given our lifestyle now and how we're living. Gotcha. Nine-year-old daughter, money saved for college or not? We do. We have about $80,000 in an account for her right now. 
what kind of an account? Is it a 529 or no, a custodial account? It's a custodial account. Okay. So you're putting 19500 into your 401k. You're putting mm-hmm. $1,000 a month into your Eddie Jones account. You got a bunch of money in savings. You got this house that's bubbling up. Retirement savings, what do you have? 401k is about five. 40, 550, depending on the fluctuations of the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only have about $40,000 in an IRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did a Roth conversion and I've got about 250,000 in the, in the other investment accounts and in the self-funded investment accounts that is taxable. So the money that you just said, the 40 grand is now Roth? Correct. Yeah. Great. And yeah. the tax has been paid already. You've done Correct. that. Yes. Great. And the 401k at work, is it traditional or is it a Roth 401k? It's a traditional. Do you have a Roth option? That's a good question. <laughs> find out about that. I mean, you're single. And yeah. so that means you're in a, you're in the, depending on how much you really make, you know, you could be seeing your, most of your income, you know, at the highest rate is 32%. Mm-hmm. No state income tax in Texas, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. That's why you usually have crappy schools. That's why you got to stay in that district, yep. right? Absolutely. And pay high mm-hmm. property taxes. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, okay. So first of all, I get your question, but I'm going to tell you something that's so funny. All those things that other people like, oh, I want a hedge fund. I want an alternative investment. That I just think it's baloney. I think that a lot of people talk this stuff up. I think that for someone like you, you're a great earner. You're socking away money. And I think what you may find is that if you actually just keep it almost plain vanilla, you're going to be better off. And that maybe we can do things that are smarter with your money and have you make a greater return just by changing some of the structures. So for example, I'm looking at that custodial account. That should be a 529 account. There's no doubt. Like there's no reason for you to have a taxable account that's a custodial account when you have a 529 option. And again, everyone listening, the reason why I like 529 so much is not because I like to say those numbers in a row. It's because it's essentially like having a Roth for education. You're putting a post-tax dollar in. There is no taxation associated with that account as long as you use the money for education. And so that's a tax-free way of investing, which to me is the greatest way to invest, tax-free. So I would shift that custodial account into a 529 plan. So that's number one. Now, number two, the house thing, I know that it seems great to be, you know, oh, I want passive income in this, but you know, you really lose a lot of liquidity. If you keep that house, then what do you, you, then you're going to soak up all your cash And then how are you going to manage two houses? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel a little bit nervous about that. Whereas if you sell it right now and you've got 250 grand that, you know, let's say it's 200 after costs and all that. And now you've got your down payment. Now you're in your million dollar house. Great. That's fine. But to have both of those houses would actually mean you would have a much lower amount of liquidity. And I think that single mom who's, you know, rocking and rolling having liquidity is kind of great unless you're really into the rental market and you want like, oh, I really want to do this. Or I have a friend who does this for a living and would help me. And you really want to do it. It's just a lot of money to get tied up in real estate. Yeah. No, I think you bring up a really good point there. I am not a great house person. So I would have to pay someone to change the air filters like I do now, Mm. pay someone to maintain it for me. This you, You bring up a great point there. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't want to necessarily do that. Okay. But selling the house and rolling up is fine. I wouldn't do that in a hurry. 
by the way, unless you found something fantastic and you're like, I got to jump on this, or you knew had an inside track on something that could get you into a house that you'd really like. That's different. By and large, I think sit still right now. Uh, you know, we we've been interviewing lots of economists who are kind of have been noting that this is a crazy dislocated market right now. And so you don't have to worry about refinancing because you're going to sell the place, but you do have to just be patient. You do have a house to live in, which is great. Your hand is not forced. So be patient here. Okay, now let's get to this Edward Jones. How do you pay the Edward Jones broker by with a fee or with commissions? That's a great question. I inherited this broker from my grandparents because I they, they set up some money there, and I've been with this Edward Jones fo- these Edward Jones folks for more than twenty years. And this oh my is, god! Yeah, yeah. And this is where I think I have a little frustration. I am not as I pay fees, mm-hmm. and I am not as proactive, aggressive, and assertive with this person who manages my money as I am with everyone I work with in my daily life. This is, this is a therapy session. <laughs> I love I, that. Right? I'm, uh, we've got plenty of time. I'll tell you when your time is up. This account you said has a couple hundred thousand in it, right? It does. It has with, with the Roth, with the individual account. I had her create a stock account for me, you know, and getting some tech funds. I've got about 300,000 in there in total. What's the fee that you pay? I don't know. I don't know. So, I'm going to tell you something right now. Do you know what smart people do to make money? Really? The forget about the hedge fund or alternative investments or the best new stock. What they do is they they cherry pick ways to save money risk-free. One way is to reduce taxes. The other way is to reduce fees. And so I'm just going to give a guess uh, that this broker, this lovely person is probably charging 1%, probably around 1%, but maybe it's more. So the first thing that you really are entitled to do is to say to this advisor, I've taken the opportunity of the pandemic to get a lot more in touch with um, my financial life. And I have a few very specific questions for you. Number one, what is the fee that I'm paying on this account? What is the annual fee? And number two, are there any other costs associated with our relationship? That's it. Let's get that number. Because here's the thing. You don't need this broker. I mean, you may like this person, but you don't need this person. And if I said to you, well, we know one way to actually increase your return would be for you to actually fire the broker and either do it yourself or you could use a robo-advisor. You could literally just go to any place like Vanguard or Schwab or Betterment, and you could essentially have that money managed with an algorithm, just like the rich people do. I mean, it's really easy to do, and it would be a fraction of the cost. If you feel like you want to, you know, maintain some relationship, you could leave a little bit of money there. But my guess is that Unless this person is actually doing full-blown financial planning for you all the time and really in your face and just like, what can I do to help you? How can I help you with your career? How can I help you with this? I mean, the very mere fact that there's a custodial account and this person hasn't said move it into a 529 plan kind of proves to me not the greatest advisor in the world. That's just my two cents. I agree. Yep. Absolutely. Now, does it feel awful for you to think about firing her? Not necessarily. I'm not, I don't, you know, it's, you, you hate to fire people because, you know, we all have to do that sometimes, but, mm-hmm. um, but no, I, my, I, I value my money more than that relationship, not to sound too callous, but not at all. 
No, yeah. good. Okay. So then the next question is, what else should you be doing? And if, you know, in terms of, you know, putting money away, I understand that feeling that other people have this this knack for buying stuff that you don't have opportunities to buy. And I want to give you this feedback. And it's really just from a ton of experience, you know, 30 years plus years in this business. There is no super duper great Oz behind that curtain. The best way that you are going to achieve your goals is to keep doing what you're doing, working hard, saving money, and keeping your expenses down and taking advantage of the tax code where you can. That's really all you need to do. If you want to experiment and buy some stocks and get an app and do some fun things, fine. But you know what? That's actually, I mean, if you just do this boring approach, you will get where you want to go. You will. There's no doubt in my mind because you're a good saver. I worry that someone like you, you make a lot of money, you're probably around a lot of people who have a lot of money, that when you reach for that great idea that someone says, well, you know, you need to have X amount of dollars to get, you know, and it is true. Hedge funds usually have a minimum amount. And, you know, even that, there's no proof that hedge funds actually make more money than a boring portfolio of index funds. And the main reason is that in my experience for most hedge funds, they charge an exorbitant amount of money, which is 2% a year plus 20% of the upside. You know who gets rich with hedge funds? Hedge fund managers. Some of them are very good friends of mine and some of them are, have been family members of mine, but it is just not so, it, it's really hard for someone like you or me that, you know, we're professional women and we want to feel like we're part of something and someone's got the inside track, it's kind of baloney. Once I realized that, I was like, oh, then no one needs to spin their wheels. We can just do what we do, which is save and invest for the long term. It's kind of like life. Everyone thinks there's some sort of magic bullet professionally or, you know, whether you're in your personal life with health and fitness, whatever it is, it's it's the work that gets you there is basically what you're saying. It's the boring stuff that makes it happen. And, and I think that's so important for people to hear because I needed to hear that commitment to the boring stuff, the work that makes it happen. You're doing a great job. You're raising this kid. You're doing it all with your own with like your own grit. And you are absolutely doing what you should be doing. There is not another exciting, sexy thing that would make you do something more. And, and to that point, I would just say, you're doing a great job. Mazel tov to you. I'd like you to walk away from this conversation feeling like not less than, but like, holy moly, I am pretty damn good. Thank you. I, th I think I need to hear that, but I feel like others need to hear that too, because I know I'm not alone there. I mean, I just... That, that reinforcement there from you is so meaningful and so helpful. And, and the truth bombs that you've given me are, are so actionable as well. I feel good about this. I feel so much better. I do. In the, um, in the lingo of the therapeutic session, I'm sorry, our time is up and I will not see you next week, but you can feel free to stay in touch with us. Lois in Texas, I wish you all the best. If you have any follow-up questions, please feel free to contact us, okay? I will do it. Thank you. All right. If you, like Lois, need a little bit of cheerleading and a little bit of reality check, we're here for you. All you need to do is send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com or go to our website, JillOnMoney.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can subscribe to the other podcast, Eye on Money, and you can always hit the contact button if you've got a question. 
please do me a favor. Do something nice for someone else today. It will make that person feel better. It will make you feel better. It really will. Grit, right? This is Lois's show. Lois has grit. We're growing with her. Growth and grace. Be nice to each other. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.